Welcome to the CineScare Podcast, and I am one of your hosts, Matt Speak. And I am also one of your hosts, Joe Jans. And Joe, uh, well, tonight is sort of normal and abnormal. Very abnormal. We don't have a theme, so we're kind of back to talking about movies that we watched this last week. So it's sort of a normal episode, not a a themed episode. The last Uh couple were either a guest or we had a theme, and then we did The Shining before that. We did Friday the 13th. We had a guest last week. This is the first time we... I'm back to recording in my home. And you're back. Oh, yeah, you're back at home. Which is another normalcy. Yeah. Yeah. But there's something very abnormal about tonight, Joe. Do you know what it is? There's something slightly off-putting about it this It is episode. a little off-putting. Yeah. yeah. Something I in should, the air. Smell it in the air. I, I gained a little weight. I should be off-putting myself. <laughs> <laughs> I sh- shouldn't eat so much pudding. Yes. Anyway. Um, I shouldn't feed you so much pudding. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight, we at Cinescare Podcast have, well, it's sort of earth-breaking, or no, groundbreaking. Earth, earth shattering, earth shattering, earth shattering, groundbreaking. Yeah, it's earth not shattering. groundbreaking. It's not like we're the first people to ever do this. No, but it's the first time we've done it. So that is true. It's rocking our world. Um, yeah. And actually, Joe, I'm noticing for the first time that you've got all the Twilight books behind you. <laughs> Those aren't mine. I've never read them. I huh. can't even sit through the movies. Uh, Those belong to somebody else. Well. Joe, I've read all of them and I've seen all the movies. I am a Twilight fan, so um, I can show you all my Stephen King books. There you go, beautiful. Oh, I could show you too if my computer twisted that way, but yeah, I'm not going to do that right now. You're anyway, what, so tonight, <laughs> Joe, getting back to serious business, we have decided here at Cinescare that we need uh, a little levity on the show, a little little added uh, spunk. Right. And and I just weren't spunky enough. We're not spunky enough. We need a little added adrenaline rush into the show in the form of a super fan. He's a super fan of horror. He's a super fan, not just of Friday the 13th, Joe. Don't limit him like this. He's a super fan of the Cinescare podcast. Well, that's what I'm saying, too. Right. He's a Cinescare super fan. Right. And he's a horror super fan, and his name is Mark Piscati. So we've had him now three weeks in a row, and we decided, you know what? Let's just make him a permanent member of the show. Now, what what, what is his role, Joe? What's his role on the show? Uh, couch aficionado. Ooh, that's that's he, a new. He term. knows he knows a good couch from sleeping on them. He he, <laughs> he does know a good couch. He does. Um, uh, no, he's he's super fan. He's a whipping boy. He's a gopher. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And we are here, uh, in, and and it is our pleasure actually to have Mr. Mark Piscati join the show. Mark, tell us how you feel about this. Take a bow. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking a bow. Um, okay. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, thanks for uh, baptizing me in uh, drive-in massacre. Uh, really appreciate it. Really appreciate it, man. Yeah, it was a precursor. Uh, we weren't allowing Mark back on the show until he was fully versed in yeah. uh, in Drive-In Massacre, and one of, of the best not, horror I movies mean, ever hit the silver screen. 
it sounds like Mark just wants to dive right in. I, so, I, I definitely Joe, do. Mark, since you did you did watch uh, uh, Drive in Massacre, which was Joe Jans's fault, uh, and blessing. What, what did you think of it? Um, it was uh, how do I describe this? Just watching the film at first. Um, you could even like uh watch like half of the film because it was black until you got to the the drive-in uh uh screen and all that um it was it was it it was it was something that um i thought i would never have seen and um i don't think i ever want to see again but just to be fair i laughed out loud probably over uh 20 times with that movie um joe how did you even discover this film i was going through amazon prime one night just looking for i mean i we were kind of touching a lot of the more recent movies and i don't want to pigeonhole the show into just whatever's you know the latest flash in the pan in the horror industry. There's a lot of hidden gems out there, old, old 60s, 70s movies that are, are, I don't want to say classics because they were classic. Everybody would know about them, you know, like the exorcist, stuff like that. But, um, there's, there are hidden gems out there. And I just started looking for those old 70s horror films. And I came across that one. And honestly, I added probably seven or eight to my Amazon playlist and I watched that one first only because I was tired that night and it was the shortest one. And you should all honestly be thanking me because, and so should the directors of that film because now we have um, increased its viewership like tenfold. I I guarantee you their residual checks this past two months (laughs) through the roof. They got to be like in the tens of dollars by now. Yeah, I, was that that wasn't for rent, was it? We didn't pay money to watch this. No, movie. no, that was like free on Amazon Prime. And I encourage right. all six of our listeners to get on their Amazon Prime accounts and watch that movie. And it's also you on YouTube. It's also on YouTube. You can watch it on YouTube. Was it really? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I swear to God, just to pull back the curtain a bit, I've already been talking to Matt and Mark. This needs to be our first commentary show. I, I think everyone would enjoy sitting along, watching them film along with us, oh and our witty banter. But um, the and tons of alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I like it. the idea. I like the idea of doing uh, a little, you know, commentary show, especially on a bad movie like that. I think it yeah. could be kind of fun. But uh, uh, that may be something we'll have to do. The, at, some point in the future. Joe, who who's your favorite character in that movie? Is it Germ? It's it what how do you even pronounce his name? It's is it Jeremy or is it the cops? Or is it the it's, the manager? Because the manager is great. It's that I I will agree. The manager He's is fantastic. great. I actually like the manager more than Jeremy, but um no the cops are fantastic. That, that's what I was the thinking. cops are just it's like their only qualification to get that job was being chubby. Oh my god! Just 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 watching just like their reactions to it. And to be fair, I believe those guys are the best actors in the film. And you know the writing. It, well, the movie. I if I remember this correctly, it was written during like a writer's strike, and they wrote it like in a weekend, and probably like an eight ball of coke. And <laughs> the red herring in that film is just so unbelievably perfect 
it's like they spliced in a completely different movie for like 20 minutes. And I'm sitting Are you there talking? watching this thing for the first time. Like, did I accidentally hit the remote? Did I flip the well, channel? I mean, I think we talked about last time is they spent a whole lot of their time just interviewing imbeciles. You know, <laughs> there really wasn't. And I don't know exactly what they gained what information they gained from any of those interviews either. I think it was only because they had to like to classify as a feature film. It has to be like at least 88 minutes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Cause there's like one scene where I think it's like two minutes long of a car trying to park in the drive-in. It's, it's almost two right. minutes long, just like literally. And then it crashes into yeah. something glass breaks and then it goes back and it parks again. I'm like, what the hell am I watching? And yeah, it's a, that's really, that raises the stakes when you don't know if someone can park. <laughs> <laughs> and then, You're just enticing me to watch this movie again. Now. The warehouse Ooh, scene. The dangerous the, situation. The warehouse scene. The little girl. Little girl. Oh, my God. I want. He's going. I, can't I need like a drive. I need a drive-in massacre T-shirt. That, Did you really that, have to that, kill him? Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> that warehouse scene came out of nowhere. Out of it made nowhere. No sense with anything. Yeah. Okay. So that uh, we have spent way too yes, much time way too talking much about drive-in massacre. Not on the show, by the way. It's, we're going to become like the mascot show of drive-in massacre. Yep. It's kind of fantastic. Uh, but I do want to. I do want to plug one thing. Cinescare podcast or Cinescare podcast. Our new production arm uh, just won a film festival. Uh, nice we. I clap uh, for you, but I can't. Yeah, we won. Uh, best drama in the Hollywood Blood Film Festival for our movie Lockdown. So if you guys haven't seen it, look it up on uh, YouTube. On we'll YouTube. have to. You'll have to put a link in the liner notes or in the. Oh yeah, I could do that. I could put that yeah. in the notes, and then or well, obviously we. I think it's. I'll post it again on um, on the Cinescare, uh Facebook page. So honestly, it well. was it was an honor to just be nominated. Yeah. Well, Joe, you, I mean, it was, it had to be an honor, an honor just to be nominated for you because you did absolutely no work on it, but you I, got executive I got, producer. I got credit. my first executive producer credit and my first executive producer win. So I'm betting a thousand. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's my tutelage that throw through that movie into the stratosphere and, and helped get the award. You know? We were thinking of you as we were making it, Joe. <laughs> Yeah, I was no, thinking of you as I was accepting the award. Not, it's not too bad, you know, for that for a movie to win, you know, a, a film festival like that when really we were just messing around with my new camera. So, not too shabby. Um, yeah. All right. You made it so, look easy. Yeah. <laughs> so I let's move on to what we watched this week. I, I want to um, start off. I watched a. Um, on, on Shudder, uh, which, again, is a streaming service of horror movies curated by AMC. So I highly recommend everyone out there to uh, get a subscription to Shudder. It's it's fantastic. For, what is it, four ninety nine or five ninety nine a month, you get, uh, like, access to so many horror movies. Great, great horror movies. And... And I mean, it's the cost of basically uh, one rental. You get a month of uh, just unlimited horror movies, practically. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really excited so, about uh, the Creepshow series, actually. I, 
Oh yeah. I, 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 have you have you watched that yet? I haven't. I haven't. Um, and Creepshow is like in uh, my top like fifty favorite movies of all time. So I'm really excited about this series. Is it really good? Yeah, or and if you if you are a movie that makes it into Superfan Mark's top fifty, you're doing well. You're doing well. Well, it's. It, the first, I haven't watched the second season. This is season number two that's that's just come out. I think there's one or two episodes have come out. Um, but I watched the first season and I really liked it. They and what I love about it is that they basically do all or almost all, if not all, uh, practical effects. Uh, I don't think there's any CGI. So they have people. Um, if I'm not mistaken, um, Tom Savini has done stuff on there and, and a lot of other up and coming makeup artists and stuff. So it's, it's kind of a throwback. Uh, The first season was hit and miss. There were, there were some, I thought some great. Well, sure. uh, It's like, it's like tales, you know, tales from the crypt and all that. You're going to have really good ones. And yeah. How many episodes Uh, is it? Also, I think it, if I'm not mistaken, the first season was six episodes. I think something like that. How long are they? But each, each episode, I think, is an hour, and there's three parts in each episode. Nice. So, nice. Yeah. I just um, got a subscription to Nickelodeon Kids, and there's oh. not as many horror films on there as I was hoping, but you know, maybe they'll bring back. You can't do that on television. Oh, you got the Twilight series behind you, and now you're subscribing to what Nick is it? Kids. Nick, Nick Kids. kids. Um, and you don't even have children. You don't have young children in the house anymore. No, I've been taking a lot of painkillers. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, this is going to be interesting. So, but Shutter, one of the things they also have is right now is a Val uh, Luden um, festival going on, and and uh, he was a um, producer and um, had a lot of B movies in the '40s that came out, and uh, and so I watched a couple of his. Uh, films. The first one I, I know you had watched, Joe, uh, and you didn't care for it, but I kind of liked it, and that was Cat People. Uh, I kind of enjoyed it. I thought, um, it, it, you know, it's it's there's this legend of of these these sort of were cat people uh, who took over a small village in uh, I think it was Romania is where the girls from or some something like that. Yeah, I believe so. And uh, uh, so it's starring. Uh, Simone Simon, who is sort of a Betty Page-esque looking woman, uh, and she falls in love with this guy, and they get married. Uh, but little do, does he know that she seems to have this wear cat thing uh, going on, and uh, and it obviously starts to cause problems in their relationship. Uh, she becomes jealous of this woman that her husband works with, who is really in love with him. And he kind of has feelings for her and their, their relationship kind of gets uh, stretched a little bit. It, it's definitely slow paced, but a lot of movies from that time period are kind of slow paced. Uh, but I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. And I, I thought I liked the look of it. I liked the cinematography. I thought it was pretty well directed. So I know you hated it, but I really enjoyed it. I, I didn't hate it. I uh, excellent use of shadow. Yeah, I'll, I'll give them that. Yeah. Um, how long do you think that marriage or that courtship was going on for? Well, it seemed like two seconds. <laughs> well, yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> I think there were some jumps in time 
that didn't get signaled. You know what I mean? Like they they just sort of skimmed over what I'm guessing is at least a two year period. Yeah. Yeah. And in that entire two year period, they don't kiss. They don't touch. They don't hold hands. They don't. Yeah. The marriage was never consummated. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think the reason for that is that audiences might not have accepted the idea of the divorce and then him falling in love with the, the woman he works with or whatever, yeah. uh, if that had been consummated. So the idea that the marriage had never been consummated might've made it more palatable for audiences. That makes it okay. Yeah. Yeah. Made it okay. I actually, um, I actually and, thought that, uh, you were talking about that one movie, um, that was, that was released in the eighties. I thought the movie was called cat people. Was it? Uh, yeah, it's a remake. Oh, it's, it's a remake of that movie. Yeah. yeah. Did you yeah, did you see the remake of it? Yeah, uh, years ago. I I do intend. To, I was going to watch it, but it's it's uh, not available anywhere. Um, I I mean, it might be available for rent, but I didn't. I I remembered not it caring was, for it too much, so I didn't want to pay. Yeah, for it. yeah. It was it 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 wasn't that great and all that. I did enjoy watching it. It was on HBO, I think, um, last year for a while. And uh, mm, and I yeah. I just remember like going to the movie theater and seeing you know cat people and I was like ooh you know that looks a little sinister really sexy movie let me tell you I mean there's nudity nonstop and all that kind of stuff but it was actually it it wasn't too bad it wasn't too bad yeah um, and then uh, the other one that I watched that was a uh, Val Luden movie uh, was uh, I walked with a zombie. And uh, this was directed by the same guy, Jacques Tournier. Uh, and this one I actually liked a lot more. Uh, basically, this woman goes to an island. Uh, she's a nurse. And she is going to take care of this woman who seems to be almost like in a coma. Uh, and so she goes there. And sure enough, the woman is basically in a coma. And she finds her like walking around in the middle of the night. And it's kind of creepy. And then there's voodoo on the island. But for the time period, it, it actually uh, treats the, the racial uh, stereotypes in a, in a way that at least for that time period was, was semi-progressive. Um, you know, uh, obviously it's got, you know, African-American actors and, and, and characters. And of course, they're all involved in voodoo, um, which you know, is a bit of a stereotype or whatever, but I mean, for the story, it works. And, and the characters aren't, uh, those characters aren't just treated as, you know, window dressing. They actually have, you know, for the time period, uh, pretty, you know, pretty sizable parts for the movie. Um, but it, 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 it's not great. It, it's another one, uh, heavy on atmosphere, and heavy on uh, the, you know, the look, the black and white, a lot of shadows. It's very similar to Cat People in that way. But I do think it's a better movie than Cat People. Um, so uh, how about you, Joe? What did, What's the first thing you want to talk about? Uh, first movie I watched, uh, also on Shudder, was a documentary called Leap of Faith, William Friedkin on The Exorcist. Um, I watched this i don't want to say by accident but i went into it thinking i was going to get something different than what i got this was a 90 minute steady cam pointed directly at william friedkin who's sitting in a chair and does not move um talking about how he basically while making 
the exorcist could do no wrong, almost as if his hand was uh, forced by God, for lack of a better term. Um, every every decision that he made was just these serendipitous happenstance, and everything worked out perfectly. And he, you know, went with his gut and trusted his instincts, and you know that whole nine yards. But it was really just ninety minutes of William Friedkin. Uh, showing off how cultured he is and comparing himself to Stanley Kubrick. I did like the insights that he had to do uh, that he, he finally touched on about the movie. But what I went in trying to find was more of a, you know, behind the scenes of how did they make the exorcist and what are all the fun stories about, you know, there were like nine people that died during the filming of the exorcist. And it's just got all this creepy lore behind it. And he skipped over all of it. Uh, so I'm going to combine two of these into one. There was another documentary that I found. I used to have an old VHS copy of the exorcist when it was re-released for the 25th anniversary. And on that, there was a different documentary called the fear of God that had all the actual good facts, a uh, very entertaining documentary about the making of it. And that's where you find out, um, you know, about the nine people that died and the, the accidents that happened behind the scenes and whatnot. And um, much, much more in depth, much more entertaining documentary on the exorcist. And that one you can actually find on YouTube and it's free. You don't have to buy the old VHS copies anymore. So, um, like I said, started off watching Leap of Faith, uh, but finished up watching The Fear of God, much, much better documentary. I'd give The Fear of God like three and a half, four stars. Uh, the Leap of Faith one, I'd skip it. All right. Well, uh, Mark, what do you have? So uh, the review I have is uh, the movie The Car. It's rated PG and made in 1977 with James Brolin yeah. and Ronnie Cox. I remember this and, one. Um, and the premise is uh, it's a small desert town, and it's terrorized by a powerful, seemingly possessed 1971 Lincoln Continental Mark III Black Coupe. And it's basically if uh, Jaws and Duel, the movie Duel that Steven Spielberg did, um, had a baby. And um, there's some great kills in it. Just people getting run over like left and right. Um, they have a parade scene where they have all these students on this uh, horse track. And they have a sheriff up in the tower, you know, looking for not the shark, but a car. And... <laughs> Um, car comes in, starts running over, you know, people and all that kind of stuff, people running into a cemetery. Uh, the car won't go into the cemetery because it's obviously possessed. And there's a huge banter between, uh, this, uh, the sheriff's, um, uh, girlfriend going, Oh, is all you, is that all you could do is just rev up a car and honk the horn and all that kind of stuff. And, there's there's some really you know great kills um yeah I, I really enjoyed it um check it out if if, if you like duel you, you'll definitely like this movie awesome congratulations Man, I, Mark, I, on your first official Cinescare review oh yeah thanks. very nice yes yeah I remember first. I remember the car it was a TV movie 
um, when it came out. And uh, I do remember it. It, it. I think the opening credits are just the car running along the road for, and it's being shot from the distance or something like that. I, I just remember that for some reason. I don't I really remember. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang. That was like my <laughs> car movie. That was what's really what's really weird about um, this movie, because it came out before The Shining. But the intro for the music is literally the same music for The Shining, for the intro of The Shining. Interesting. And I looked it up, and it has it's it's not the same composer or anything, but it's the dun 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 dun. dun. I was like, that's The Shining, hmm. and I looked it up, and it it's it's almost like you know note for note and i found that really fascinating because it came out before the shining huh interesting yeah it'd be uh interesting to look that up maybe uh look that up while we're while i'm going um and see if it was the same composer or anything it's not the same is that what you said no uh no it, it's 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 not the same composer so i, I just found it really weird it, i mean it's almost note for note huh. and um it's like what like three years before the shining and, yeah and that's that's what really stuck with me i was like how 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 did that even like go through it it, it was really weird yeah. and it was you, seven you years should, before it's on 15. netflix yeah <laughs> right uh okay so the next movie i saw was 1932 uh, the Old Dark House. And I think 1932, I, I, there's another movie I, I watched um, that was from that year. But uh, this was called The Old Dark House, directed by James Whale. All right, here's a little quiz for you guys. What other two uh, monumental horror movies did James Whale direct? No idea. No idea. Oh, people, people. Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. Oh. Never seen it. You, oh, shut up. <laughs> Come on. Um, okay. So this is basically there's a uh, three travelers are, are actually five travelers, but there, there are uh, three that, that we focus on at the beginning. They are traveling uh, out in the uh, – remote regions of Wales and they wind up, it, 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 it becomes too stormy for them to continue. And there's a bridge out, you know, that whole scenario. And they of course make their way up a winding passage to this old creepy house. And this old creepy house is inhabited by this family that is even creepier than the house itself. And uh, I, it, it is very atmospheric. It's got great atmosphere. Um, the guy who answers the door is this bearded, weird, weird-looking guy played by, uh, uh, oh gosh, not Bella Lugosi, but oh Boris Karloff, and um, it's also stars Melvin Douglas, Charles Lawton, Lillian Bond. I mean, these are people that were are, were names at the time, and uh, one of them is a, two of them are a couple, and uh, one of them is just this kind of a playboy who's with them, who's, who who uh, uh, is just you know, a funny guy, sort of the comic relief, but they come into this house and then there's another couple of travelers who come in this guy and this girl who are, who are sort of, it seems to me almost like friends with benefits. Although back in 1932, they couldn't quite say it, you know? Um, but this girl, 
basically just hangs around this guy who's not particularly attractive. And uh, anyway, they all wind up in this house and there's this weird family uh, that lives there, a couple older uh, siblings. And then there's some weird person locked up in a room up in one of the highest rooms in the castle. And uh, his, his, there's a padlock on his door and they're like, do not open that door or whatever. Well, of course, at some point the door gets opened and uh, they, they get basically these five people. They get the Boris Karloff character, who's this weird kind of mentally ill guy who does a lot. He's big and does a lot of work around the house and stuff for the elderly couple. And they get him drunk. And when he gets drunk, he like loses his marbles and he goes and lets out the creepy guy in the upstairs and mayhem ensues. It's, it's, it's a really fun uh, movie. I, I had a blast watching it. I laughed. It was, it had some creepy moments, a really nice atmosphere. And of course, James Whale is one of the great directors of all time. One of the great horror directors of all time. Uh, and, and I didn't, I was, this one really wasn't on my, on my radar at all. Uh, except you remember Joe, that my wife for, um, I think it was for Valentine's day. She got me that yep. picture of scratch off movies that you've seen a hundred, it's a hundred horror movies, uh, Mark, uh, going from all the way back to silent times, all the way up to 2020 and, a and a, you know, a movie or so from each of those. And, um, and it's a scratch off. Like, it, it, it's yeah. like, yeah, it's like a, a scratch off thing where once you've seen, if you've seen the movie, it, they're all in red covered in like scratch off, like you would on a lottery ticket. Right. right. And, uh, and so they're all in red. And when you see the movie, then you scratch it off and there's like a colored, um, illustration uh, poster illustration <laughs> of, of the movie underneath it. And so it's really cool. Um, oh, that's brilliant. So I, I've taken upon myself to go through the ones that I haven't seen. So I've, I've seen the vast majority of them, but there were especially a lot of older mo- horror movies that I hadn't seen. So all of these that I've been talking about, the Val Luden movies and, and then this one, and then one of the movies that I'm, I'm going to be talking about, they were all on this poster. And uh, so that's why I've gone back to these old movies this week. So anyway, I, I do recommend it. It's a lot of fun. And uh, it's very well made, has a great atmosphere, and there's some just crazy, crazy stuff that happens. Uh, it's called The Old Dark House from 1932. Uh, I'm writing it down right now. Joe? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Pardon me. Um, that's horrible etiquette, clearing my throat into the microphone. Yeah, uh, especially since you had like 20 minutes to clear your throat. Yeah, Um so I'm on uh, much more recent films. Uh, I watched one on Shutter again, of course, uh, from 2018 called Open 24 Hours. Uh, I, it had a lot of potential. I was really starting to get into this. Um, it's about a, a girl who's dating a serial killer, mass murderer, and she's not too thrilled with what he's been doing and lights him on fire and goes to prison for it. And of course he doesn't die. He goes to a different prison. Well, she ends up getting out and she needs to find a job and she takes a job at this, uh, I believe it was called deer, uh, gas market. It was just a gas station in the middle of nowhere. And she was working midnight shift, graveyard shift. And, uh, it, it had a lot of Decent potential. I mean, it, again, it's, it's kind of modeled after, like, I know what you did last summer. 
the things that bothered me about this movie was uh, it was the lack of con- continuity and consistency. Um, I, when I see a character who gets their hand slashed completely open with a knife, the very next scene, if they're crawling on their hands and knees, I expect them to at least wince when that slashed hand hits the ground. Um, then there were other issues with the makeup where she gets slashed in the arm and it's never seen again throughout the rest of the movie. There should be blood just pooling up in her sleeve somewhere. And it's not there. Uh, the, the killer, uh, he's been burnt in half of his face. And I swear to God, there are two scenes where they just did not put makeup on him at all. But for the rest of the movie, half of his face is just completely singed. So, like I said, I was a little disappointed. It's it's not a thinker. You're going to just, if you just want to put something on and watch it in the background, this movie's fine. Um, it's, you know, all digs aside, it had some merit. It, it was worth a watch. I just wouldn't keep my expectations up very high. Um, and, again, if you, if you try to get too hung up on the continuity errors, it's going to ruin it for you. But uh, overall, it was just okay. Well, okay is better than nothing, Joe. That's what I always say. True. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's no giant oafs getting drunk, letting the weirdos out of the attic, but, you know, right. they can't all be 1932. What was that one again called? Uh, open 24 Hours. Open 24 Hours. All right. Yeah. And and what year was that again? 2018. 2018. All it right. was on Shutter. Nice. Uh, how about you, Mark? What What's your next one? So um, here's another uh, 2018 movie. It's called Family Blood, and uh, it's it, it means a little bit to me because um, my daughter uh, came into the room and asked me um, what I was doing. I said I was researching a podcast. I said, do you want to watch a horror movie with me? And uh, she said, yeah, sure. I said, great. You pick the movie. And the first movie she picked, she just said, what about Family Blood? I said, done. Click, click. And uh, so this movie is, um, it's it's a movie that's a vampire movie. Um, you have a team. All right. Um, uh, Mark, 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 hold on, hold on. You're, you're having a whole <laughs> Mark's having it. Joe, are you frozen or are you just staring at this guy? Okay. You, you looked literally frozen. Um, I thought, am I the fact on my phone? <laughs> I thought, am I the only one here? Mark's voice is going out of control. I'm You're frozen. Just, you it's, <laughs> You're my like it's my internet. It's my internet. Dang it, Mark. Oh, well, Super this, fan, you've well, got to get this better is me. internet. This is me. This, um, is, this is what you guys signed me up for, you know, and this, I'm just here to give you laughs. <laughs> Well, you've 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 accomplished that. Well, thank uh, okay, so we're gonna just assume that that was a good movie, and uh, we'll go. <laughs> it wasn't a good movie. There. It wasn't a good movie. Oh, okay, then. Okay. Doesn't matter. I didn't really even catch the name of it. So, what was the name again? Family Blood. <laughs> Family, Family Blood. Okay. Family Blood. But I wish the people at Family Guy. At, yeah. I wish the people at home could have could have seen that because Mark started talking on camera. I know. We yeah, didn't, we didn't hear we didn't the hear sound until yeah. like five seconds later. Yeah. No. 
Okay, so, uh, well, Family Blood was not a good movie, according to Superfan Mark. If you are involved in that production, take it up with him. It was a very uh, touching story that he told. Yeah, it was. You guys missed out on something really, uh, really heartwarming. Um, okay, so my next movie was one called – this one's from 2020, Joe, so it's not on my uh, little board up there because the only 2020 movie that was on that board was The Invisible Man from last year, which I think Vincent DeSanti last week called it The Invisible Woman, if I'm not mistaken. But at any rate, um, at one point I think he just misspoke, which a super fan should know. Well, you're but anyway. Invisible Woman. <laughs> okay, so it's called Come True, uh, directed by Anthony Scott Burns. Uh, basically, a high school student, Sarah, is at her lowest point when she runs away from home and finds herself with no one to rely on and struggling with recurring nightmares. Uh, and so basically, it starts out, this girl is, uh, we don't know what the situation is, but for some reason, she is no longer living at home. She's had obviously had some problem with her mom. And so this whatever problem is that, that she had with her mom, uh, we don't know what it is. But uh, she's living homeless, basically. We see the first scene. She wakes up. She's sleeping in a sleeping bag on a sled or on I'm sorry on a, a slide like in a a park you know a children's playground she rides her bike home and waits for her mom to leave so she go in take a shower change her clothes so she is also in at the same time having these nightmares where basically she's moving through a bunch of really weird rooms until she finds herself going into this giant hall where there's this dark figure um, like a, of a naked man, but I mean, you don't really see anything, but it's just this dark figure of a hairless man in kind of, you know, bent over and very dark and evil looking and with these glowing eyes. Right. So she has these nightmares. So she, she hears about this program where they will start studying people's sleep patterns, especially dreaming sleep patterns. So she signs up for it. She goes to this place. They hook her up to all this machinery, and they start studying her dreams. And she comes to find out they're not just studying her dreams. They found a way to record her dreams, to, find, to record images from her brain and the images of what she's seeing. It's it goes on from there. It's it's a little too complex for me to describe, but it's you're never really sure what the dream world is, what the waking world is. It's 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 pretty uh, intense. I thought actually it gave me an idea. It would have been a really neat way to do like either a reboot or origin story of Freddy Krueger or some kind of way of bringing back Freddy Krueger in a way. It it. Don't get me wrong. It does not go in the Nightmare on Elm Street realm. It's not anything like those movies. Uh, but there, but there was something about it that just made me think, man, if they that this would be a great way of bringing Freddy back. You know, doing something like this, um, like Freddy's trapped in some room, you know, or whatever, and 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 this sleep study goes to bring him back. Anyway, that, I'm not going to talk about a movie that hasn't been made. I guess I'll talk about this one. But it's called Come True. It's on. If I'm not mistaken, I believe it's on Shudder. Uh, or no, no, I'm sorry. I rented it on Amazon Prime. It's for rent. It's a new, it's a newish movie. It came out in 2020, but I think it was just released on on streaming recently. So good movie. 
Um, not it, I wouldn't say it was scary or anything, but it was, it was interesting and it was kind of had that sort of dream logic to it, you know, where you're not quite sure what's real and, and everything is just a little ambiguous. Uh, the ending is controversial. I'll say that much. Uh, some people really enjoy it. I didn't mind it. Some people absolutely hate the ending. So it's worth checking out, though, just to see what you might think of it. That is, again, come true. Come true. Joe? Hey, Matt, if I said the movies uh, Wag the Dog and Bugsy and Rain Man, you would think of Barry Levinson, right? Uh, yes. Of course you would. Yeah. So I saw another one of Barry Levinson's lesser known films, the 2012 found footage film called The Bay. And uh, this was on this was on Shutter. It's been on a couple of other things too, and it's got this really, I, I guess, creepy uh, movie image as you're flipping through all the different menus. It's just like an X-ray of a front uh, of a skull, and it's green on a black background. Anyway, it's just always stuck in my head as one of those movies. Like eh, I should probably watch that. See what that is one of these times. So I finally got around to watching it. Um, and I didn't realize it was a found footage film when I started it because I really don't care for found footage films. Uh, I, like Matt, uh, agree that they, there's always that difficulty of how do they get around it actually becoming a movie with this found footage. Um, they don't do too bad with that. I was able to get past all of that. This movie, um, oddly enough, uh, Barry Levinson was asked to do a documentary about the Chesapeake Bay. So what he ended up doing for research is he watched another documentary about the Chesapeake Bay and the lack of fish in the bay. And uh, he he watched that and he's like, this is a terrible idea. Nobody's going to watch that. I'm going to make something different. So he's making a, I guess for lack of a better term, documentary found footage film about um, these chicken uh, farmers that are like industrial chicken farmers that are, they're consuming all the uh, town's resources and they're dumping piles of chicken excrement into the bay year after year, thousands of tons of it. And it starts infecting the fish and it's infecting the water uh, table and people are drinking this and eating it and bathing in it. And then all of a sudden there are these parasitic creatures that are uh, coming out of the fish infecting the people. People are running around the town all of a sudden getting blisters and skins falling off of them and whatnot. And this is all taking place during, I believe it was like a 4th of July weekend type of thing. And so you're getting this footage from the aspect of a local uh, newswoman who's out with her cameraman on her very first assignment. So that's how they've gotten around. That's where we got all the footage to put this together. And then of course, at the end, you find out the government, you know, sort of squashed the production of this news footage and she's, you know, underground with her, you know, camera guy and they've managed to clip this all together. Um, it's there's lots of wonderful special effects and lots of wonderful makeup in this. Um, it's honestly, I was most impressed with the background characters, the quote unquote non actors in this film. They did a really decent job of selling just how painful um, and shocked and surprised 
their their makeup uh became you know they they were believable when they like oh my there's this scene where there's this um older lady just like interrupted a parade walking up and down the street going where's my husband where's my husband somebody's got to take me to the hospital it was very realistic and the makeup that they had on her wasn't over the top it was very simplistic but it was at least visually painful to watch um i that being said some of the actors like the you know i looked through imdb to see who's the real actors in this film and those are the ones that i could have really done without you know it's like they were trying to act and that really took me out of it uh but in in general if you're interested in a found footage film you could do a lot worse this wasn't too bad so this is 2012's the bay I actually was going to watch that and I didn't. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely going to watch that now because, because I actually do like found footage. I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, some of it is really trope and all that and like cliche. Um, like I, I really enjoyed like paranormal, paranormal, uh, activity and, um, some other films that are like found footage, like Blair Witch, you know, started the whole thing. But yeah, I'm definitely going to watch that one now. Yeah, I I mean, I agree with you, Mark. I, I like found footage, and actually of the movies that actually kind of scare me, it's usually the found footage movies that do it for me. Like uh, that movie, I don't know if you've seen Host yet that yes. came out last year. Like that movie was super creepy. So good. Um, and Paranormal Activity, and, and, and some of those, I mean, they when they're done right, those are some of, I think, some of the scariest uh, movies. Yeah, but, especially um, Wreck. I mean, phew. You guys seen yeah. Wreck, right? Yeah, yeah, I saw Wreck. I liked Wreck. I, yeah. That one, I, I didn't think it was that scary, but I, I did like it a lot. Um, I I haven't seen the whole series. I want to watch the others because I heard that a couple some of them are the, some are really good, man. Some are not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I well, Joe, actually, um, I did watch a found footage movie myself from 2018, no less, uh, called The Fear Footage. Directed by Ricky Umberger. Now, this thing is very low budget. Don't come expecting a whole lot of great effects. There are some makeup effects in there, and they look like makeup effects. <laughs> but uh, but it it's not bad. I gave it three chainsaw blades, or whatever it is, out of five, uh, on my letterbox. Three stars on letterbox. Three cuts. Uh, I, think, I think it's the cut. We're supposed to oh. say cut. Yeah, thank you, super fan. Uh, it was rusty three, steak rusty steak. Yeah, yeah, three cuts. Um, I I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about it because it is it's a found footage. But uh, but it's also it's sort of, it's kind of interesting because it's a found footage movie, but it's also an anthology. So it starts out a cop. Um, in fact, I can kind of read you the premise. On April 19th, 2016, Deputy Leo Cole vanished. The next morning, his body camera was found. That's a pretty good opening, right? Um, sure. Or at least, you know, lead in. <laughs> uh, but, and believe me, it only goes downhill from there. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but actually what happens is he goes to this house and starts looking around and we're seeing everything from his body cam footage. So it's sort of like a first person situation, like a first person shooter, you know, or what was that movie that 
or that game that we used to play, uh, Resident Evil, Joe. Oh yeah. Uh, it's 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 like that. You it's like one of those horror video games where you're seeing it through first person and the character has a flashlight, you know. So there's a lot of effective things you can do with that. It and it worked pretty well for the most part. But on top of that, what happens is the cop goes into this house and he finds the TV on or no, the TV turns on just like automatically to the fuzzy channel or whatever. Right. And there's a VHS there with a tape that, that says something like do not watch or something like that. Right. And of course he clicks it on. He's a cop, you know, investigating, you know, a house that he got a call well, on. You gotta watch it. So he watches a video. It didn't really make sense, but so he pops it in. And of course we see the first story then. Right. And and it's it's a, a a story of of somebody out in the woods holding a camera or whatever, and so, so a lot an of anthology. It, it's so it's a it's a found footage anthology. Boy, they're cramming everything into that, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And and the wraparound story is this cop with his body cam footage, but he's watching these videos on on the videotape in the house he's investigating. It's very complicated to explain. You you I mean you'd catch on if you saw it, but. Uh, so he'll watch, he pops in the video, he watches the first story and then he hears some, after the first story's over, it pops, it goes back to fuzzy and then he hears something and you, and we follow him around the house while weird things happen in the house. And then all of a sudden he's like, okay, well, you all better come out. And then he goes back to the TV and pops the, camp, <laughs> pops the video back in and we watch the next story. <laughs> yeah, I better watch this this suspicious videotape here, not take it down to the station and have it examined. <laughs> right. Exactly. Or you know, Can they somebody make call, me some popcorn. They got a call. There's a possible murder, and he's going to watch these videos. <laughs> it's like maybe they could do that later. You pop some yeah. popcorn. It's like, hey, I yeah. got to watch this. Yeah. God. So there's three. I think it's three or four stories on there, and they're pretty good. They're they're pretty. I mean, there's some creepy moments. Uh, it's, if you're in the right mood to be creeped out and it's a, you know, you don't have anything else to watch. It's definitely worth checking out. That's always a high praise when you, if you don't have anything else to watch, watch this. If, but if you're trapped in a house and you think there's somebody lurking in the, in the shadows about ready to kill you and you got nothing better to do, watch this movie, you know? Yeah. And, and if you look through, um, Letterboxd, most of the reviews of this are like three stars, you know? So that's not bad for Letterboxd because most people. high. Yeah, three stars yeah. is a is a pretty that's a doable movie. It's it's a good movie, entertaining it. How I rate them on mine, I think three stars is entertaining, not bad. And and so that it's definitely if you're not a fan of found footage, though, it will stretch your um uh your patience with with that genre. So it might not be for you, but if you like found footage movies. It's not the best I've seen, but it's a good one. I, I, I think it was entertaining enough. Yeah. So that's okay, it. That so was 2018. The found, uh, the fear footage. So uh, my uh, next horror movie I'm going to do is um, it's called When Your Internet Goes Out. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's our um, horror movie, Mark. Yeah, we're living right now, that horror movie. I'm doing it right now. No, um, Joe, are you so, regretting this decision we made? By the way, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get better internet, guys. But I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to just go really slowly talk about this movie in a re- very short 
term here. Okay, so Joe, I know you're a tech, you're a more tech savvy guy than me, probably. But does talking slow affect bandwidth? <laughs> uh, you know, it's all IP and ball bearings nowadays. I, oh, I yeah. yeah, it really okay. doesn't matter. It's all, all right. analog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, this movie is called uh, Into the Grizzly Maze. And um, so what does James Marsden, Thomas Jane, Billy Bob Thornton, and Scott Glenn all have in common? Billy Bob they're Thornton? All, they're all in yeah. this film? They're <laughs> all in this horrible film. Um, it's about uh, two brothers, James Marsden and Thomas Jane. Uh, it's in Alaska. Um, James Marsden uh, comes into uh, town to find an old friend that's missing in the forest. Thomas Jane is, of course, we have a sheriff. Um, Scott Glenn is about to be a week from retired sheriff. And it's about this uh, crazy, big, massive hulk of a grizzly bear just killing people. Um, so many tropes, so many, so many horrible um dialogue um two brothers don't get along so of course you have the fist fight um you have um uh people cutting down trees you know like lumberjacks and all that that in the dark and it's like a blizzard and they're cutting down trees and grizzly bear you know just bites an arm off and all that it's a really bad movie you got billy bob who is of course an expert hunter of grizzlies <laughs> And, um, yeah, it's a really bad film. It's a really bad film. I don't recommend watching it um, unless – if you want to watch a good grizzly, you know, bear movie, watch um, The Edge with Alec Baldwin and uh, Anthony Hopkins. That's that's a really good uh, film to watch instead of this movie. Well, also, uh, another good one would be Backcountry. Did you ever see that? No. Uh, that's a great uh, grizzly attack movie. Um, I, I really like that one. It's called Bad Country. Bad, bad Country. News Bears. And the Bad <laughs> News Bears, yeah. 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 Uh, all right. Um, let me see. I've got – where are we at here? Oh, yeah. My next one – actually, this is my last one. I just watched this uh, today – or yesterday and today. I broke it up. Uh, is called Vampire uh, from 1932. This one was directed by famed director Carl Theodore Dreyer. And uh, look at that just go really deep, like in the early horror films this week, huh? Yeah, like I said, I'm I'm backtracking through uh, the movies that I hadn't seen on on that poster yeah. that my wife gave me. So uh, and and I'm glad because these are classics and. I have to say, this is hands down an absolute masterpiece of early horror filmmaking. It is. It was set. It's. It's. Um. It. It came out in 1932, so it came out around the time that a lot of these movies were coming out. Uh, James Whale is working at this time. Uh, Bella Lugosi's Dracula, I believe, came out the year before. Um, yeah, I think. I think. Bela Lugosi's Dracula came out in 31, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, so th there's a lot of uh, these movies are coming out, but they're also influenced by German uh, impression or uh, German uh, surrealism. And, and, and this is definitely a surrealistic film. It's not a straight vampire movie, although it is about vampires. Uh, and it's sort of um, 
this guy comes along and he is, his name is Alan Gray, this traveler. They just call him Traveler Alan Gray. And he arrives in this village and goes to this old castle, old house. And this village is, has been overrun with basically vampires. And, uh, but he's not sure about it. And he's sort of a Thomas Harker type, if you know Dracula, um, the the Bram Stoker Dracula from uh, the 90s. I think Thomas Harker was uh, Keanu Reeves, uh, horribly miscast in that in that role. That was great uh, acting. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that was the best accent I've ever heard in my life. Oh, he, he, and I really like, I do like Keanu Reeves. I don't think he's a very good actor, but I like him. He's not a good actor, man. (laughs) But, but, uh, but I do, he picks good movies and, uh, I do like him as a person from interviews I've seen and that kind of thing. Uh, and from what I've heard, he's a super nice guy. However, watched speed like three days ago. (laughs) Yeah. However, he picks. He he picks some movies that were just not right for him at all. He was in uh, Dangerous Liaisons and was horribly cast in that one. And then also, I mean, the same thing, uh, basically played this same kind of role in in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Well, anyway, in Vampire, there's a very similar character, a guy traveling. He winds up in this castle where there is this vampire stuff going on. But there are some scenes in this, and and I'm, I, I can't say after having seen it, that I know exactly what was, <laughs> I, I can't, it was hard to follow, but you know exactly what's going on. And, and that's all I could say about it. It, it was very hard to follow um, because the, there's, there's this sort of dream logic to it. And there are some things that happen that you're not sure if they really happened or if they happened while the guy was in, in sort of a, uh, um, a, a trance. And there's this scene where, the main character supposedly dies and they put him into a coffin, but he's conscious while he's in the coffin and he's watching. There's a window above his face in the coffin and he's watching everything going on around him. And, and they show it from, they show shots of him from above uh, just his face looking out the hole, but then they show shots from his perspective of of the guy hammering his 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 coffin closed and hit them carrying in a procession for his funeral around town and all this stuff going on overhead and there were, it was so creepy so uh almost uh disturbing it it was unsettling i guess is the the idea and there were camera angles and and camera movements that i didn't realize they could do back then there were some just weird camera movements especially at different scenes and 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 there was no one style to the movie there were a bunch of styles it it's a it's a crazy movie i i highly recommend everyone going to watch it I believe it is on Amazon for rent. I do believe I rented it on Amazon, uh, but it's a masterpiece of horror filmmaking. It's called Vampire from 1932. Um, it's one that I think every horror aficionado should see. I'm definitely watching that one. Yeah. Uh Joe. Okay, uh, buckle up. My last film was the sequel to the uh, 2016 zombie classic of Train to Busan. I watched Peninsula. This was fantastic. I loved it. Um, 
this movie uh, takes place, you know, as a continuation story of um, the train to Busan. The Korean Peninsula is, uh, you know, now just totally encompassed with these zombie creatures. And I'm going to point out to fast moving zombies, which I'm a huge fan of because it's just a huge the game fan. so much more. Yes, it does. So there's a rumor that on this island or peninsula, I guess, which is why they named it that, uh, there's supposed to be a moving car or moving truck uh, that contains like millions of dollars of American money in the back. And um, so this uh, one of the main like bad guy characters assembles this group of guys to go over to the peninsula, try to find the truck with the right license plate that's got all the money in the back, get the money and come back without, of course, uh, disrupting the zombies who really are just attracted to light and sound. So, of course, they're going in over the cover of darkness, trying to find the right one. Uh, magically, they find a couple cars that still work and have the keys in them. They're able to maneuver uh, through the town, and they, they locate it. Um, but the, the city is not just inhabited with zombies. There are some regular citizens that are still making their uh, lives there, and the characters are developed enough, just barely enough that you get a background on who they are and you start to develop a relationship with them. And when I started off at the very beginning of this saying, buckle up, I mean it because there's this entire driving scene. There's actually a couple driving scenes. There's this uh, little teenage, I believe it's a boy um, who's driving I, I recklessly would be the greatest understatement of the year uh, to save some people and basically just using his car as a battering ram, traveling through the peninsula, just taking out every zombie you can possibly think of. And they're great scenes. They're filmed so well. This is a very dark filmed movie, but you can see every single detail. Uh, one other thing that I really appreciated because of the fact that they are fast moving zombies, a lot of zombie films, when it's all post-apocalyptic, they inevitably get into some sort of um, gladiator type thing where you've got, uh, you know, a captured human and they pit him against a zombie. And it's boring. We've seen that tripe, you know, a thousand times. This one, they get a whole bunch of guys and they put them in with a whole bunch of these fast moving zombies. And there's a timer on it. So they have to survive for like two minutes and then they get to run away. Um it, it was just very well done. I loved it. It was a thrilling movie. The most uh, downer of this entire film is it seems like there were like three or four endings that they could have chosen one and would have been just fine. They really try to tug at the heartstrings a lot towards the end, which, um, you know, that's really more of a signature ending of a Korean film. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I like my movies quick and to the point, you know, they could have ended this a lot sooner and I still would have been very happy and pleased with the movie. Uh, honestly, this is, I, I enjoyed Peninsula about as much as I did watching Shaun of the Dead for the first time. That's how much I like this movie. So I'm giving this like four or four and a half cuts. Wow. That's pretty wow. high praise there. Jeff, and, I, uh, I, know yeah. you, I haven't I know seen I this movie yet either. So I, I'm, I was, it, it's on my list too. And, I liked it um, better no, than Train to Busan. Yeah, I love really? it. I mean, yeah. Wow, because Train to Busan was phenomenal. 
Oh, yeah. okay. Well, we will see, Joe. We will see. Matt, Matt, and if I'm, I'm wrong, kicked. I guess I'm getting kicked off the show. <laughs> but I'm getting kicked off the show. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, just kidding. We we will we will at least keep you around for meeting. tidbits. Um, Joe, Matt. I got something. I do have something for you. Um, is it what I think it is? It is. Uh, actually, Mark, did you have one more or what? No, no, no. Go ahead, because my internet's you all didn't? messed up. Okay. So, um, it is a ghost story, Joe. Yay. Uh, actually, it's a series of ghost stories. It's a, it's a, it's a story of a town, uh, a town who that you may be familiar with, Joe and Mark, super fan. Scranton. Called Crystal Lake, Illinois, oh. not Crystal Lake, New Jersey. Uh, right. Crystal Lake, Illinois. Now, I found uh, these. I, I found these stories because I was going to do them the first week that we had Mark on where we were talking about um, Friday the 13th, Friday the 13th. Right? so I was going to do these stories then, but we had such a good thing going and we had the, the, the trivia and all of that that came at the end. Uh, we just, you know, there was no point in doing these. And then of course, last week, same thing. So I thought I would do them this time. Uh, there's a few good ones. Obviously this is not the Crystal Lake from the, from the series, but uh, it's the same name, so what the heck. There's a, a house there called the Palmer House, Joe, and is the center of ghostly activity, such as the sounds of children stomping on the floor. Now, this week, Joe is not going to be doing the sound effects. I have to do all the editing this week because, unfortunately, Joe um, hurt his wrist. Uh, or no, what, what, what's the situation? Purple tunnel surgery. Oh, yeah. Yeah, purple, yeah that sounded purple. bad, man. He hurt his wrist. Yeah. It's not like he, it fell down a flight of stairs, and right here is where you put that sound effect in. That didn't happen. I just had uh, uh, carpal tunnel surgery. Okay, so we will see how I do with the sound effects. Um, at any rate, children stomping on the floor, scratching at the door. Joe, I can tell right now that you're very upset that you can't do it this week because there's some I really was salivating because I missed all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and crying. Locals report seeing apparitions of children's faces appearing periodically in the windows in the basement. According according to hauntedhovel.com. Do you, do you frequent hauntedhovel.com? Uh, I've got an annual subscription. Oh, nice. I like that. Uh, the faces of the children have appeared on a select number of photographs. The stories of the hauntings stem from the history of the house, which was built in 1858. Through the years, the house was passed down through the Palmer family and eventually sold. Reportedly, one of its owners ran an orphanage there where he beat and allegedly killed some of the children. Uh, so I often it, I, it's surprising it's to me how hard. often yeah, I know, these, these orphanage houses, there were a lot of beatings going on there. Well, beating up kids. Just, I don't know that I like this. Yeah. Uh, the fountains at Crystal Lake. A retirement community is the site of several paranormal activities, Joe. Local legends. Well, no, I don't think that that's happening. Uh, local that because they're currently retirement homes, Joe. Oh, okay. Um, 
Local legends tell of a disappearing woman wandering the upstairs hallway and reveal accounts of game pieces on a checkerboard spontaneously moving in the recreation room. People have also told of hearing unexplained footsteps (laughs) (laughs) and have feelings of being watched. There's no sound effect for the feeling of being watched, Joe, and I'm very upset about that. I I don't think this is a ghost. I think that's crazy Bernice. She's just off her meds and leaving her room. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Joe, you know things have gotten out of control when the Barnes & Noble is haunted. (laughs) What? The Crystal Lake Barnes & Noble bookstore was once owned by a woman who died on the land. Her will bequeathed the land to a local church to be used as a school. Locals report seeing an apparition of an old woman in parts of the store, and some employees have reported seeing items moving and book carts wheeling on their own. Now, that one I plan to use as kind of a squeaky cart sound, if there is one. You You can get it from Ghostbusters. Uh, And then, last but not least, there's the Mount Tabor Cemetery. Now, it's spelled T-H-A-B-O-R, so it could be Thaber, I guess. No list of... Is it a lightsaber? <laughs> I don't know. Lightsaber. Oh, Joe. Saber. Joe. Saber. Oh, that... <laughs> I don't understand. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> okay. Pull it together, people. Pull it together. Uh, no list of haunted houses would be complete without mention of at least one cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> According to <laughs> oh, this episode sponsored by Mike Tyson's Punch Out. <laughs> According to the Shadowlands site, visitors to the Mount Faber Cemetery have reported seeing strange balls of colored light in photographs taken throughout the cemetery. Other reports include sinister seeming shadows accompanied by green mist surrounding the graveyard. But one great thing about Crystal Lake is they have seasonal JC's haunted houses that are very popular. So anyway, that awful is, lot of strange ball sightings in yeah, Crystal Lake. Hey, uh, if you see strange blue balls, watch out at Crystal Lake. Run the <laughs> other way. Yes, run the other way. Yeah, that's uh, great. So that's the uh, the tale of the hauntings at Crystal Lake, Illinois. I'm not sure where that is in relation to you guys, uh, but I'm assuming it's somewhere. I mean, Illinois is it's a long a state, so hmm? it's a suburb of Chicago. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh. yeah, it's pretty close. It's about like uh, actually like 38, maybe 37 minutes away from me. Oh well, jo- well, Mark, if you get the opportunity to go there, maybe you could do a live stream from there. Definitely going to Barnes and Noble. Yes, yes. Check out the Haunted Barnes and Noble. Right. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's we've done it this week. Um, hopefully next week, Mark's internet will be uh, working a little it better. It will be improved. Tell the other people in your neighborhood to uh, to just get off the internet for a while while you do your recording. Yeah, I do live in a condominium, so yeah, there could be something that has to do with that. Yeah, they could, tell those people to knock it off. No more. Cut their wires. Yeah, cut their wires. They they won't be able to hook up. Uh, all right. Well, I think Joe, do you have anything else? I no. 
I couldn't top the strange balls of Crystal Lake. I'm yeah, that was, that was great. All right, everyone. Well, thank you all. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Mr. Superfan Mark. And uh, that's it for this week. Thank you all again for uh, listening. We have had continued uh, growth on this show, and it's all because of you, our listeners. We appreciate you. Uh, we are already um, uh, on on pace. Last month was our best month so far. We're on pace to to bust that record even uh, it's, it continues to grow and grow. Uh, and so it's all because of you guys. I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying it. And please tell your friends and your family and anybody, you know, who's into horror to listen in uh, because the show is uh, going places next time. Um, I'm not sure if we'll have a theme or not, but we'll see Joe. I, what a great reason to stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> Cause we Cause might have a theme. <laughs> You we might, might have me on, you might time. not. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. yeah. Stay, stay tuned for next time when we see if Mark's internet lasts more than five minutes. That is, I'm on <laughs> pins and needles about that. Yeah. I really am. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. All right, people. Have a great week and or two weeks or whatever it is, and we will see you next time. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Yeah.